Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. The Centre for Risk Analysis has just released a, a report on the state of health in South Africa and particularly hospitals and the hospitals and hospital structures. So I thought to br- bring in on this fine Tuesday, Tuesday morning, my colleague Gerbrand van Heeren, who is an author of that report. Gerard, welcome, Gerry. Hello, Sora. Good to see you. Sorry, um, I'm being very Tuesday morning is after a long weekend, so I'm trying to get my head together. One, <laughs> of, the, one of the things I, you, you, one of the points you make sort of at the outset is that we've got, there is a huge amount of money going into health. We do not need more money to solve our problems. Money will not solve our problems. Why is that? Uh, that is correct. Uh, there is this perception that um, the problem that is affecting especially our public health care sector, um, the, the, the real issue is that we don't have enough resources, that we are underfunded. But when you look at, for example, uh, South Africa's health care expenditure as a proportion to GDP, um, our figures are twice as high than that of Russia and of China and is also equivalent to countries such as Spain and Finland. So we're actually spending as much on health care as uh, more advanced economies or our emerging market peers um, are doing. So, So the issue isn't really a lack of resources or funding rather it's the 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 management of those resources and and funds mm-hmm. um the the public health care sector in south africa is unfortunately characterized by gross negligence um departmental mismanagement and corruption that has been pervasive for years mm-hmm. um and nothing uh, much has been done on that, and instead, the the state's solution to to the problems in 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 our healthcare sector is to essentially nationalise it completely and bring it uh, under full state control um, through um, the proposed universal healthcare system um, known as the National Health Insurance or NHI. Harry, before we get to looking at the NHI, I just want to go back to the um, what what we're not getting for the same money that we're spending, such as Spain and Finland. Um, I presumably Spain and, and Finland are achieving much better better outcomes for the uh, for the money they are spending mm. on their health and uh, don't anywhere have the sort of problems uh, the, the, the i suppose the complete disgrace of the state of, of of health facilities that we would have or we do have rather no that's that's absolutely true um as I've said, these uh, more advanced economies or our emerging market peers are are spending just as much as we do, and yet their clinical output or clinical outcomes are much better than than ours. Mm. 
um, unfortunately, the the public health care sector um, has numerous problems, um, which the government has relented to in in the last few years. We, for example, um, have the the Office of Health Standard Compliance, which showed that um, there is a large proportion of public health establishments that do not comply with best practice and, and clinical management standards. And in order for um, public health establishments to be incorporated into the NHI, they have to uh, achieve compliance status with the, the Office of Health Standard Compliance. And what we, for example, um, saw is that only around 6% of establishments in the Northern Cape, around 4% in the Free State, and 2% in, in Limpopo achieved compliance status with the um, Office of Health Standard Compliance. Um, so, and overall, only half of all health facilities in the country achieve compliance status. But that's so, so that just gives you a, a sense of like how bad things are. So, so that basically what that means is that those hospitals that don't comply with the compliance standards uh, c- cannot provide a service under the NHI. They, they, they've, they do not meet the criteria. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. So in, uh, when you achieve compliance status, that means your uh, facility has uh, sufficient um, infrastructure, sufficient bulk supplies, and the necessary equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you don't have that compliance status, you fall short on all of those necessary requirements. Mm-hmm. And um, as I've said, around 55% only 55% of all public health facilities in the country have that compliance status. So, um, yeah, and in, in rural provinces, the situation is far, far worse. Mm. Uh, and so the uh, many government officials um, in the Department of Health have noted that um, most of our public health facilities are not ready to be incorporated um, into the the NHI, so the the government it has admitted to to this, but they, they still seem to be pushing forward um, with, with the NHI. They have no plan on on really how to implement it or where the money is going to really come from. But they they still reiterate that it's something that South Africa needs at this moment. It looks to me that in order to get to the stage where hospitals could operate under the NHI, um, you actually have to do to the hospitals and to the employees and the management that work in those hospitals what you would need to do anywhere, anyway to make something work, and that is improve them. So... I don't see, you know, if you, you can't, you can't achieve the status of improving the hospitals and improving the staff. And if you do improve the hospitals and the staff, theoretically, you, you shouldn't need uh, the, the NHI. Now, just to go on to the NHI itself, um, I gather that an impact study done in 2019 um, said that it, 
would cost, and this is a private study, so it's not a, it's not, it's not a government study. The NHI between, uh, sorry, this is a government study, not a private. The NHI would cost between 250 and 300 billion rand to achieve. Um, but yet, more recent figures, um, private have put it at 500 billion. What I, as I understand it, the project hasn't actually been costed by management. Isn't it going very carelessly into something that could be the most powerful um, entity in government and have the most effect on uh, almost on the society, and yet it hasn't been costed? Well, I, I think it just once again highlights the the, the poor planning and the short-term thinking that has gone into this. Uh, the government, uh, as I've mentioned, don't really have uh, a financing plan. They did, they did state that they plan on, they, they, they want to fund the NHI through a payroll tax, uh, so additional taxes, but they seem to forget that, you know, South Africa's middle class who will be expected to fund this NHI with these additional taxes, we're already, the, the middle class is already constrained in this country. Mm. Um, there's no job opportunities. Uh, there's no opportunities to, to climb the social ladder in this country. And many um, middle class people and wealthier South Africans, as the new world wealth shows every year, are emigrating to, to, to the US and, and Europe. So we're also losing lots of our our taxpayers. Um, our fiscus is under severe strain um, because we are bailing out fa- fa- uh, failing state-owned entities. We are um, essentially funding um, uh, a growing a number of social grants, but we're not seeing a growth in our revenue sources. And the NHI will be one of the most expensive programs that that the government will ever uh, take on. Mm. And so it's highly concerning that the the government hasn't really formalized a a, a, a financing system and and really has any idea of how we're going to press ahead financially um, with this. Yeah, well, I imagine that I know they hadn't because I, I I was involved in some study on it about ooh, um, ten years ago, say, and it had already been in the pipeline for five or six years before that, and people were complaining <laughs> then that it, that the issue hadn't been costed. Can you give us just an idea of how the how the NHI would would roughly operate? Because as far as I understand, it would be managed by government, so it would be it would require an enormous civil service, and this is probably just administrative, to do whatever it wants to do to supposedly bring health to everybody. Yeah, so so the idea is to to make um, healthcare services uh, more affordable for everybody in South Africa by by pooling resources and by putting all healthcare revenues into a, a central fund that will be administered by the government only. And this this will essentially mean that 
The state will have control of all aspects of healthcare. They will be able to determine how much doctors are paid, um, what medicines can be prescribed, what, what blood tests to be allowed, um, the type of equipment to be used, um, the, what type of technologies, um, can, can be permitted. All those, it's, it's, it's very, very regulatory. And, and what's also concerning for private, um, healthcare is that, um, private healthcare providers will only be able to provide complementary services under the NHI. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this could, if the NHI is implemented in its current form, it could, um, essentially drastically reduce the, the role of the private healthcare sector. And that has been a main concern for, for individuals who do have private medical aid, as well as for, um, doctors and nurses in the private healthcare sector, uh, which have through numerous, uh, polling and, and other studies have communicated that if the NHI is implemented as it currently stands, um, they they will leave their the country and they will take their money and their skill skills with them. Well, given what we know about many of the other entities I'm across South Africa, I mean, South Africa has become a sort of corruption ink. Uh, every element of of government is is a, has become a site for corruption, and one's very concerned. You know, the whole um, oh God, I've suddenly forgotten the name. Timbisa Hospital. Um, you know, the, the corruption actually still goes on, even though people have been uh, identified as being involved, and uh, uh, for which the whistleblower Babita de Akorian, um was was literally murdered. And it just goes on. There is no, there's no fear. There is no shame, etc. Surely, with these sorts of money, with sorry, with, these, with this sort of money, this could this is almost guaranteed to just be a site of. Probably the largest corruption source in Africa. Mm. No, no, absolutely, and that's what's um, that, that's what's so concerning for for many people is that when you look at the state's track record with other entities, um, like you mentioned earlier, um, with, with with ESCOM and uh, South African Airways. I mean, these were huge, um, uh, uh, um, how shall I say, this is where the corruption blossomed. Mm. State-owned entities um, is where corruption thrives. So mm. if the state isn't able to to bring corruption under control in, in, in those state-owned entities, what's going to make the NHI any different? Mm. Mm. Um from that, and uh, it's a sad reality in South Africa that that corruption has become so entrenched in in all uh, facets of our society that even though the economy is collapsing, we don't have electricity, um, people are losing jobs, and and quality of life is declining. Um, the the government is not willing to implement the necessary. Uh, reforms that will put us back on track because these re- reforms will essentially 
mean that you have to drastically clamp down on corruption and you have to like kill the type of policies that encourage corruption, such as, um, you know, these uh, transformation mm. policies and empowerment policies, policies which often are used as a, uh, as a, a tool for nepotism and 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 corruption. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't think the NHI will will solve corruption. Kiri, <laughs> um, what are the positive things that can be that can be done to improve the system, to keep it going, to make it perhaps better? Um, what actually could be done without the NHI? Well, I think. Um, Firstly, um, the government should look at the private healthcare sector as an ally, as an ally, instead of um, acting hostile towards it. Um, the private healthcare sector actually alleviates some of the burden on the government um, uh, in terms of providing healthcare services. So allow the private healthcare sector to flourish. Um, um, get people richer so that they can actually afford to to um, afford private health care um, and then just uh, um, going to the root of the problem in the public health care sector, uh, which I touched on earlier the the problem with uh, mismanagement and inefficient use of resources and and corruption those are the problems that you can counter by by implementing merit-based appointments, by holding um, those performing poorly or, or implicating corruption accountable, and and uh, yeah, just ensuring that the, the 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 management structures are performing adequately. Those are the type of reforms that we need in the the healthcare sector. Um, just a comment on that. Um, I was speaking to an opposition politician about the state of health, and we were looking at Gauteng specifically, and I said, you know, they appear to be really bad um, managers at the top level, uh, your, your, your directors, your whatever they're called. Uh, what would you do to, um, to, to change things and make things improve? So he said the first thing he would do, and this goes to your merit-based appointments comment, um, is he would, he would fire the lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if, uh, if only they can do that instead of just talking the whole time about doing it. Yeah, I'm a great fan of firing for firing for incompetence. Khiri, uh, thank mm-hmm. you very much for taking this uh, post weekend Tuesday off for us and, uh, and 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 giving us some idea of of the uh, of the report that has been the report has been done. And uh, we'll speak to you again in the future. Thank you, Sarah. I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you.